Welcome to another episode of Melon and Dads. This is your host with the most, Jay Hart. And uh, this is a special episode for me because I'm just trying to figure out just my next direction in life. You know, I never thought about being, turning 37 and having to move forward in life without my partner. I never thought the last six years being married to the woman that I loved, that I loved since I was a child. Just poof. I say to say that, fellas, don't allow your pride, your ego, your your what you think is best get in the way of stopping you from having the family that you want. You know, Juju was a for us was a rainbow baby, and my wife had a miscarriage. When we first tried, I mean, who, who plans to have kids, you know? Caucasian people do. Well, that's what, you, that's what you hear. But you know, try to be a breaker of stereotypes. Try to be somebody who... Uh, has kids within the marriage. And... Uh, It really takes two people to tango. But the one thing as a man, once you lose that sense of trust, once you lose that sense of a woman needing you to lead, I didn't say needing you to lead, wanting you to lead, uh, once that's gone, there's really nothing holding them to you. It's easy for them to stray. It's like if you if you look at like a herder, right? A herder's job is to lead their pack to wherever it's going and keep them organized. Uh, when you have somebody like me who has no sense who had no sense of direction had no sense of responsibility had no sense of pride and in his family 
you know, I might not have the richest kingdom, but I felt rich. I'd be lying if I wasn't hurt. I'd be lying if I said that I felt like I failed. For longest, I allowed my wife to go out in these streets and make the money necessary to feed our family, to uh, pay the rent, stress on her own. And you don't really see the toll that takes on the other person. You know. Now. For me, my story started in 1985 when I was born. And I was born to Diana Hart and William Hart, who were happily married. And um, you find yourself in the predicament where you meet your dad later in life. Like, I had beat my dad until I was like seven, maybe nine. By then, it's like, I don't know this guy from a can of paint. I asked my, my dad the other day, how on earth did you get past, your, you know, your first marriage? And he said, you never get over it. And he had the courage to get married again. <laughs> I don't think I got that in me. I don't think I got it in me to. Excuse me. They're, they're out here doing um, lawn, lawn care. Um, I don't know if I have that ability in me to try again. Because there are so many things about me that I don't think that can be fixed. I feel like damaged goods, to be honest with you. And in the beginning, I thought I was doing myself a disservice by getting getting a vasectomy. Because after my daughter, that's what I did. I chose to take that route. I chose to get snipped because I thought that I couldn't be better. I knew that I suffered from mental illness for a long time. And after my mom died, you know, I started kind of going into a shell. And my mom passed my first year of marriage, <laughs> which is funny because... It, it took away from the scope of being happy, uh, being married to the woman who I wanted to be married to.
you know, it's hard to realize that deep down I knew that I had to get that done because I knew that I had something in me that wasn't right. And um, you know, you go from six years of telling somebody that you love them and they tell them they love you. You go from six years of hugging somebody when they're sad and vice versa. You go to a point where there is nothing else that matters in the world except for the happiness and love that you have for your your union. And <laughs> when uh, Jair came back into my life six years ago, because we dated in high school for what it's worth. For what it was. She was the only girl my mom would allow to come over. And. Um, we would just sit there and just hold each other. Because we knew that outside. It was hard. It was hard. Growing up in the household. Where you, your only parent. Is not addicted to the success or the love that they have for you, but they're addicted to a a poisonous drug. And then you grow up with that same pain. You grow up with those same traumas. <laughs> you go up in survival mode. You grow up with a sense of that regardless of whoever you with, is never going to be enough because you don't have the trust necessary to be that way. And the day that Jair had, you know, we were always friends again. We were always friends, you know. I think that's the brilliance and importance that I have to reflect on because at the end of the day, we were and still friends. And I remember <laughs> she had a conversation with me, like a real, tried to have a real honest conversation with me about, you know, things that, you know, you should have questions about. When it comes to your future partner, like finances, uh, you know, if you got, you know, kids, how your relationship with the moms are. And I breezed it off because I didn't want to lose her again. But in actuality, that day, I did lose her again. Because I wasn't honest with her. I wasn't honest about my finances. I wasn't honest, the fact that I went from being a sales rep to a, a system manager, and my money was just funky. That conversation alone could have saved 
a lot of heartache and pain and torture and resentment and frustrations and trust. That day, the spark in my wife's eye left because she knew that just like the rest of her life, she had to do it on her own. So me, having the attachment issues I have, I just said, I got to do whatever I can do to make this right. And that was my first mistake right there. So I say that to say, fellas, be honest with your woman. And whatever you, whatever she asks you, lay it on the table and let them make the decision. They don't take that away from them. And know what I know now? I would definitely have changed a lot. Know what I know now? I would have went to therapy when I was younger. Not having the proper tools can be can lead you down a path of train wreck. But at the end of the day, you have to do what you have to do for yourself. And people always ask me, well, "Would you get? Would you get? Would you get sniff for?" And the lie would be, "Oh, I just got it because I got enough kids. I got a lot of kids." But the truth of the matter is that I felt broken. I felt like I was going to give somebody else another. I was going to give a child this disease I have. And, you know, ultimately I had to make a decision for myself and for whoever else I was going to have to, if I decided to be with somebody. And I hope all my children grow up without feeling this pain feeling like something's broken inside of them. Feeling like every time something comes up, it's always your fault. I'm just tired. Tired of being alone. Tired of hurting people. A lot of times I do feel alone.
for the longest, my wife has always wanted a divorce. And maybe part of that was for her own reasons. But a lot had to do because she lost faith in me. Not because she woke up one day and was like, oh, nigga, I'm not, I don't trust you anymore. It took time to do that. It took so many seeds planted to where I could have been a better person, a better man. But it's like, once you find out what that means in your own right, because people could tell you in the day, this is what a man does. This is how a man is. But you have to find out what works best for you. Now it's too late for that. (laughs) Now I have to find a way to move forward. Instead of being stuck. Because life's going to move on with or without me here. My kids are going to grow up and be successful people in this world with or without me. My wife's going to be a successful, charming, sophisticated black woman that she is with or without me. Now I have to find out how I can be my best person for me right here, right now. (laughs) Funny story is that the first time that we started talking again, (laughs) she hit me up and was like, hey, you home? And I was like getting off the exit at Gerard Avenue. And I know she's the type of person like if I if you're not where she wants you to be at that time, she's gonna keep moving. So I lied to her and was like, Oh yeah, I'm there. And I hauled ass from that Gerard Ave exit to West Philly. And um she was pulling up the same time. And that right there, playing to see her, like, oh, this nigga lied to me. (laughs) But that's the thing about it, is that you just got to be honest, man. And little white lies always turn to big lies. And the thing about lies is you got to keep them up, man. It takes a lot of work to lie to somebody. Like, it takes a lot of work for you to be angry. Because you got to remember why you're angry at that person. And as time move, move forward, you know, one day she was, we were sitting on the couch and she's like, let's go downtown and get married. And I, I really should have been honest with her and said, hey, look, I'm not right. My money's not right. My credit's not right. My relationship with my kids' moms ain't right right now. My mind ain't right. Everything ain't right for me right now to be the person that you need me to be, who I need to be for myself. 
I thought was ready. And if I just had maybe that honest conversation with her right then and there, she'd have been like, okay, cool, that makes sense. But I took those options away from her. I took those options away from myself. And as time moved on, we started having more and more issues. But we got past them. Either if it was putting them under the rug, or if it was forgiving each other, we would just move past them. But there always would be a lingering of that effect. Like a ripple effect. And that version of me is not who I want to be ever again. My wife deserved a lot better. I deserved a lot better. Our family deserved a lot better. They deserved a lot better out of me. And the only thing I can do is take this pain, take this hurt, take this frustration take this anxiety, take this depression and put it to some good use for a change. Through six years, this woman has not done nothing but support me in anything that I've had to do. Support me with any type of mental breaks that I need to take from work. For too long, I've allowed my mind to dictate my movements. Dictate my words. Dictate the chemistry of my union. But no more would I be that person. Trust me, I want to give up. I want to just go to sleep. I want to just wake up and it's just not what it is. But that's not reality. The first step that I had to take was to forgive my wife for all the expectations that I had put on her that I felt that were unmet but in actuality she would tell me how it is and I just didn't like what she was saying to me So now I find myself in a new city, new state, new zip code with nothing except for my daughter and me. I haven't talked to my oldest son since Father's Day because 
I was just so angry at him and his mom because of the constant parameters that are put on me as a father. And um, for once, I just wanted him to stand up for me. I say this say because this is the truth. My wife didn't cheat on me. I cheated on her. I cheated her out of so many opportunities to fall in love with me again. You know, last September is when I was, you know, diagnosed by the state that I had bipolar disorder. But I always, always knew that I had something. I was just too afraid to ask questions, go to therapy. Research. Ask questions. Speak about it. It's just something that you're supposed to tough out and keep it moving. But all it did was put me into a shell of the person that I was before the world and my vision got ugly. And I didn't allow my wife to see the person that she remember remembered me as. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. Because I have to let my daughter know when she gets older why me and her mom didn't make it because she's going to ask me why you not with my mom dad and I'm going to have to tell my story to her and that is one of the most scariest things that I have to deal with in the coming future Do I feel like I I, I wait I, the last six years has been a waste? No. Do I feel like I wasted my you know Jair's time? Yeah, I do. Because I could have released her a long time ago. But you know, it's like you get married, you're supposed to fix things, you're supposed to work on things. Oh, they're telling you this is what's going on. Hey, let's talk about it. Because at the end of the day, like we're made of flesh. Flesh comes with sin. And what would be anything but 
other than forgiveness. But with forgiveness comes resentment, comes being scared that that person is going to get up one day and just be like, well, here you go. Here go your walking papers. You know, that's why the last couple months I've just been out just seeing how life was outside walking throughout Houston. No money, no phone half of the time. Not in the right mind. Going places, doing things that I would never have ever done in my entirety of living. Things that I'm not even proud of now. But I also understand I had to go through those things. I had to see those things to understand what I really wanted. What I truly was ready to have. What I took for granted for so long. This is what my platform was for. To show young black men that To us, life, we take for granted. We take relationships for granted. We think that person's always going to hold us down. But that's not true. Because loyalty and love is a two-way street. And if one cup's not being filled and the other cup is overpouring, or you're trying to make it up and other th- other areas is doomed to fail. And I'm so sorry, Jagger Hart, that I didn't live up to the expectations. I will always love you. And to all my viewers, I appreciate y'all holding me down, especially when I just be rambling on this joint. I just wanted to set the record straight because a lot of times I would get lost in the sauce about why these things were happening at the present moment or using emotions that were said to me or my brain telling me one thing and allowing that to be my reality. Where actually it it isn't reality. It is just a ball of confusion. And our job as men is to be logical, is to not be emotional, not lead with emotions, because that's how the Titanic sank. I lost my best friend. (laughs) 
I laughed at somebody that laughed. I lost somebody that laughed at all my jokes. <laughs> Good or bad. I lost somebody that worshipped me. That encouraged me every single day to be a better man. Man, don't allow your pride or ego to come between the person that you love. Because once you put those two people in front of your partner, isn't that what cheating is? I want everybody to take care of themselves. Take care of your mental health. Especially men. Because our women need us to be just that. Men. I want to thank everybody for joining me on this episode of Melon and Dads. Take care, guys. Remember, love is real, but also love comes with responsibilities.